So uh, today's devotion is going to be a little shorter than uh, than usual, at least I hope, no guarantees. Uh, it comes from a couple of verses in Colossians chapter 4. Uh, in that chapter, Paul is, is urging the people of the Colossian church to remain faithful and steadfast in, in prayer. And then he says this in verses 3 and 4. He says, at the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is, which is how I ought to speak. That's it. End of reading. So on a number of occasions, I have asked someone from a, a congregation that I have served uh, over the years to pray for me. I might tell them that I, I need, a, need prayer for a health issue or prayer for my family a prayer for endurance or some some other need and uh, and here's something interesting I found um, in some cases I found that asking someone to pray for me almost takes them aback uh, and from what I can gather uh, the reason that they're from they're kind of taken aback is they're surprised that a pastor a pastor would actually ask them to pray for him there seems to be a sense among some that the pastor wouldn't need prayer uh, in the same way they would to deal with their problems. And I know this is this is well-intentioned. It probably comes from a, an errant view of the office of pastor, an errant view about prayer, but, but I, I understand the intention uh, for some of these, these folks. But, it, but just in case you kind of have this view of things, please hear what I'm about to say to you today. I need your prayers. Your pastor needs your prayers all the time. Please pray for us pastors today, tomorrow, all the time. Uh, your pastor is just as prone to temptation as any other human being. Your pastor is just as prone to distraction, to laziness, to overworking, to bad moods, to worse stuff than that as anyone else. In other words, uh, we're all sinners that have been saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are all simul justus et peccator, simultaneously saint and sinner. So pray for us, please, simply as a fellow child of God. Now the reason I say that is because that's exactly what Paul asked for in this text. He asked for prayer for, for him and for those who are proclaiming the word and basically uh, pastors. And in this text, he gives a couple of uh, specific ideas for how to pray for those in ministry positions. Uh, first, he asks that you'd pray that God would open a door for us to declare his gospel. Now, in Paul's specific situation, he's probably speaking about evangelizing those around him in prison, not something that I am too worried about at this point in my life. But that request that God may open a door for the word, as he says really can apply to anybody, no matter where you're at. And so as you pray for your pastor, uh, ask the same thing. Ask that God would open a door for the word to be declared when your pastor visits the sick in the hospital. Ask the Lord to open a door when he counsels people in his office. Ask the Lord to open a door for conversations as your pastor studies in a cafe or goes out to try and engage people in conversation. And while you're at it, ask the Lord to open a door in your own life situation too. 
never hurts to ask the Lord to do that kind of work in your own life too. But your pastor needs that prayer. Ask, ask the Lord for those opportunities. And then the, the second thing I want to point out that Paul mentions here uh, that you could pray for is pray that God would help pastors be clear. <laughs> uh, the word for clear in our text carries with it the idea of uh, revealing something that has been obscure or hidden. Uh, simply put, a, a preacher's call, uh, as, especially as they proclaim the word, is really to try and brush away the fog so that you can have a more accurate understanding of those scriptures and you can apply them to your life by the Spirit's power. Unfortunately, uh, plenty of us can think of times where we've heard a preacher seemingly muddy things up more than less. That by the time you're done hearing the sermon and somebody says, what was that about? You go, uh, I'm not really sure, but... Uh, but I remember this story that he told. Um, that's not all that uncommon. If you've ever found yourself drawn towards dreamland during a sermon, I understand, I've been there, uh, chances are it's because the pastor is not preaching or speaking clearly. Uh, so when that kind of preaching takes place, when it's not clear and you're having a hard time following along, uh, there's basically three ways you can handle the problem. Uh, number one, you can think about something else and just accept the dreadful boredom that is church and do it as a religious duty. That is an option, not a biblical one, not a healthy one, not a good one. Uh, second option, you can go out to a meal with others from the church and share your various critiques amongst yourselves about the sermon. Uh, that is a tempting option. I've been there myself, but again, that's actually less helpful than the first option. Don't do that. Uh, and then the third option is pray for your pastor that God would help him to speak more clearly. If you find yourself kind of drifting off because he's, you know, he went down a rabbit trail or something, pray for him. Just take a minute right there, get silently in your head. Say, God, help my pastor to bring your word clearly today. That's a really helpful thing. Uh, your pastor needs prayers. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, one of history's most gifted preachers, would claim over and over and over again that the reason he was able to preach effectively at all is because while he was preaching, in the basement beneath him was a large group of people praying for him at the same time. He said of this group, uh, quote, here is the powerhouse of this church. Here is the powerhouse of this church. On any given Sunday, uh, the pastor is walking up to the pulpit with a hundred other things on his mind. The devil is real and he is doing everything he can to cause the preaching of the word to be ineffective. He's fighting against that. A spiritual battle is going on that we are scarcely aware of. I can tell you that there have been many times when I've stood up in the pulpit as I'm preaching, as I'm preaching the word that I know is God's power for salvation, I've had some little voice in the back of my mind saying, this isn't doing any good. This isn't affecting anybody. No one's listening. No one cares. That's real. And I would suspect that for most pastors, they've had those same kinds of thoughts. They've had those same kinds of struggles. There is a real spiritual battle going on, and the way you fight it is by prayer. So 
I'd ask that you'd pray for us weak vessels up in front to bring you his powerful and mighty word so that we would be out of the way and God would manifest his glory through that word going through these weak and feeble mouths of ours. So uh, with that, that is the devotion for today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. May God empower you in your various vocations.